Hey guys, welcome to my, I want to say seventh actual episode, and this is IDK, Being Black in a White World, and this is part two of last time, and I'm so excited for this. We have new guests, and we have our same people that I had last time, so I can't wait for y'all to hear what we got to talk about next. As we introduce our guest, it's somebody you already know. Hello, Adriana. Hi. My name is Adriana, if you remember me from last time. I'm 16 years old. I live in New York City. Um, as you remember last time, I want to be an OBGYN, and I'm very political in my community. So, yeah. All right. Now we're going to introduce Iana. Hey, Iana, how you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? I'm Iana. Um, I attend St. Francis Preparatory School in New York City. I plan on studying political science at Fordham University, and I'm Caribbean American. All right. Now our next our next guest is somebody who is new to this, as Iana is, Ariana and Kamara. Hey guys. Hey, my name is Ariana Miller, and I'm 16 years old, and I go to Wakefield High School, and I'm interested in neurobiology and behavior. And hi, I'm Kamara Pearson. I'm 17 years old. I go to Wakefield High School, and I'm interested in being a physical therapist. All right. Now, somebody you already seen from the last episode, Chloe. Hey, Chloe, how you doing? Hi, I'm Chloe. Um, I'm excited to be back. Um, I am 16. I go to Wake Forest High School, and I want to be a sports medicine physician. Okay. Now, our next guest is somebody who is new as well. Hello, Cece. How you doing? Hey, y'all. I'm Cece for Sierra, and I'm 18, and I go to Millbrook High School. I want to major in TV broadcasting and public relations, and I'm Caribbean American and involved in my community, I would say. Okay. And, not, and another guest that you've seen. Hey, Addie. How you doing? Hey! Hi guys, I'm Addie. I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm 16. I also go to Millbrook with Sierra and Christian, and I want to pursue dance. All right. Now, but before we get into our topic of today, we want to recap about what happened last time. And we talked about February, how that's is Black History Month. If you don't know, which you should know, February is Black History Month, and how it is the shortest month of the whole year, and they decided to put that as Black History. So we talk about our issues. If you haven't listened to that, please go listen to that right now or we, as soon as you get the chances. That was very impactful and very interesting. We also talk about stereotypes and we also talk about our line of work. And that's why people are talk, uh, saying what they want to be you know, their dream job because that's another question that we're going to have as well. So let's just get to the topic right now. Our topics are interracial relationships, the N word, uh, changes in narrative of racism and oppression, 
And also, how do you feel to be black in a white world? And that will be questions for our new guests. All right, so let's get started right now. Our first question is, is it possible for a white person in a relationship to truly understand the struggles that their black counterpart go through? Can inter interracial relationships truly work? Would you be in one if you had the chance? Ariana, I'd like you to start this off if you can. Um, personally, I don't believe white people can truly understand like the struggles of their black counterparts because a lot of the times the systems and things that benefit them harm are people of color, black people. And I do think that interracial relationships can work. Um, it really just depends on the person. But I personally um, don't really see myself in an interracial relationship or a black to white relationship. OK. All right, now, Iana, can you answer that question as well? I don't think that they can like feel how maybe like other black people feel because they don't like experience it on a daily or like they're not gonna see that like they might see the struggle but they're not gonna understand it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anybody else want to comment on that? Adriana. Um. Well, I. I'm basically almost kind of saying the same thing as Ariana and Iana. I don't like even myself as a black person, I would never be able to understand what a white person goes through, what an Asian person goes through. But like, I do see myself in an interracial relationship, but at the end of the day, I don't really care. Like, I'm not just going to say, okay, I'm never going to date this color because I just don't like, like, I don't, when it comes to color and relationships, I'm not gonna look at, I'm not gonna stop myself from being with somebody just because they are a certain color. Like I look at my grandparents who were in an interracial relationship and they worked out just fine. And even though the times were different back then, I still see a lot of relationships that are interracial now that still work. And I feel like they coexist greatly. And yeah, like even though you might not, they might not be able to understand each other in some aspects, they do understand each other in a lot of different aspects. I totally agree. Cece? Um, I'm gonna have to agree with Adriana on that one. But I also agree with everyone else to a certain extent to the fact that they'll never understand the trauma that is deeply rooted that comes along with being a black person but just like Ariana said you can't understand everybody's trauma to a certain extent like you can hear about it you can see it firsthand but you don't know that how the toll that takes on that specific person and um also what Adriana said I'm looking for somebody who's gonna treat me right so black blue purple green yellow if you're treating me right and you know what's up and we got a great understanding then this is going to work out. That's how it's going to be. So, yeah, I definitely think it can work out. You just have to set boundaries, understand each other, and push through the struggles. But that's with every relationship because, because not all Black love relationships are good. A lot of them are toxic, but nobody wants to talk about that. And that's the tea. <laughs> okay, so I want to keep it, keep it going real quick and keep it flowing. So, Question two is, oh, I'm sorry, before I even go to question, I want to say thank you for that 
And if you, if you, uh, for the people watching or people that's listening, if you want to comment on that and answer that question, you could DM me on IDK with Christian, and we'll talk about that more at the end. But don't forget, this is a conversation. So if you want to dialogue more about this, please tell me, and we'll for sure have another show with this. Now, our second question, and it's going to go to Addy. So here you go, is what are your thoughts on the N-word and who should be allowed to say it? Does the definition change when a white person says it versus a white person, a, a black person say it versus a white person? Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. So <laughs> um, my initial thoughts when you asked me that is, no, I don't believe white people should be saying that word or anybody that's not black period. Um, because I feel that that's a word that black people have taken or African-Americans specifically have taken um, and turned it into something that's colloquial, like something that's communal. Um, and like, that's when we use it in songs, when we use it to talk to each other. And I, I know black people, like I myself, I don't use it that much. I try not to use it. Like there's plenty of black people who don't like that word and don't use it, but that's up to them to decide. It's not up to white people to decide. Like that's not a word that should be in their vocabulary like at all, you know? Um, or any not black person for that matter. Like, um, and I know there's instances like when people grow up around in a predominantly black area. And so they hear it all the time, their friends call them that. And you know, like their friends don't have a problem with that. And I guess it's fine if you're around your friends, but you stick to saying it around those people because you can't, you don't know how every single person feels about that word. Um, so yeah, those are my initial thoughts on that word. And I definitely do think the meaning changes when a white person says it, because I, I know when I hear a white person say it, it's an automatic like red flag. Like I'm like, no, uh -uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so like, yeah, those are my thoughts. Okay. Chloe. Um, so with it, like the meaning of it, I don't think it always changes, but I don't want to hear it. Cause like in their mind, they're probably like, oh, I'm just saying this word. Oh, I'm just saying it like it means some other word. Like it's just an expressive word for them. But I personally do not want to hear them say it. And other people use it to be harmful cause there are white people that use the word to intentionally be harmful and mean and rude and they know what it means and other people know what it means but they like they just go around the point and they'll still use it but it's not just white people that use the word there are other races that use the word and for them I feel like they just use it as a word too and over time the meaning has kind of gotten lost but we're bringing it back especially with this movement going on we're bringing back like the meaning and the importance behind it but I grew up in a household that was like, don't use the word. The word is like, it makes you like uneducated. It makes you sound uneducated when you use the word. So I was never allowed to say it. And then as I got older, it kind of like came into my vocabulary because I was around my friends and they would use it. And it just became like common vocabulary for them. So it like brushed off on me. But personally, I don't like the word. But I can't say I don't use the word. And it makes me feel bad sometimes when I use it because I'm like, should I be using it? But everybody's different. And I'm not going to tell a black person what they want to say. But I am going to look at someone 
who knows what the word means when, when they use the word wrong. And I will question what their intentions are when they use it. I, t- I totally agree with you. Anybody else? Eon, I see your hand. Okay, I go to like a private school, right? With like a majority white private school, and so a lot of the a lot of my white peers use the N word to like fit in or seem cool, and I feel like they don't look cool or fit in by saying, especially like especially like from a black person looking in at them, they just look dumb like it just it's just not like a cool thing and i just want people to understand that mm-hmm. i'll tell you anybody else cc um i was just gonna say i agree with y'all and also it's just like people need to get through your skull like you said it's not a cool thing you don't go around people i feel like when they say it it's like you know what you're doing. Even if you're not say, trying to say it mean, you know what you're doing. You know you're not supposed to be saying it. It's just like stealing cookies when your mom said you can't have them. You know what you're doing. And I don't know if it's just the adrenaline rush you get from it, but cut it out. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Just like we don't say the F word because of the hatred and deep root between that and people of the LGBT, LGBTQ plus committee, we don't, we don't say the N word. That's it. You don't know. Period. No comment. <laughs> All right. So, oh, Adriana, go ahead. Just really quickly, I've been like seeing a lot recently, especially on TikTok, like Caucasian white people. They'll they'll be like, "Well, I mean, we created the word, so we could say the word." Mm. But I don't know if I'm completely right about this, but I believe that word was here way before white people ever decided to give a meaning to that word. Cause I think it used to, it used to be the name of like an African prince or princess or whatever. But um, it's, it's just crazy how people, people get so mad when they can't say it, but then they see black people saying it. And it's just like, I mean, we're, we're reclaiming this word. Y'all turned it into something so negative, and now we're turning it into something positive. And you guys, again, want to steal that from us. Like, you steal everything else. So. Kamara, I saw your hand. Yes. Okay, I'm going to agree with Adriana and everyone else. But just like Adri said, how the like white people are trying to st- or take the word into a different way. Uh, how the singer Morgan Wallen, he like completely said it the other day and then all the like white people were like accepting his apology. I don't believe that they should have accepted his apology so fast because if it was anyone else saying anything else, then they would be, I guess you could call say, or canceled for so long, but he was, right back on he came out with a video the other day and he's now perfectly fine and he's saying what he used to say and one thing i have to add to that also is that his uh sales also went up after the video of him being racist came out because there were a lot of white people who were defending him and saying like oh it's not that big of a deal if black people can say cracker 
um, they were even on TikTok trying to cancel T Grizzly for saying cracker in his song. And it's like, cracker <laughs> was actually a term created by rich white people to talk about poor white people. So it's not really a thing of, and also it's like, cracker does not even equate yeah. to the N word at all, like on a scale. So. Cece, I see your hand again, go ahead. It don't even compare girl. I mean, babe, hang it up. I'm sorry, I had to comment on that Morgan Wallen thing because you know, I like country music and it really, it wasn't that surprising, but it was my friends and I were talking about it and we were like, it wasn't that he just said it, it was the way he said it. Because the way he said it, if you saw the video, he really said P word, A, N word. So it was just like, it just flew off his lips. Like, I can't believe it's not butter, babe. Like, it flew off his lips. And that leads me to believe that that's in your common vocabulary. You and your homeboys talk like that all the time. You got caught, so you sorry. And he's a really good artist, but babe, not no more. Cancel. Till further notice. Thank you. All right. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. And before I start, I want to, if you don't know, here's the definition, the Oxford language definition of racism. Is prejudice, discriminative, directly against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethical ethical group, typically one that is my minority or, yeah, minority, I'll just finish with that. So the question is, and I'll start, I'll start, I'll answer the question first is, have you experienced racism firsthand? And racism is not just some a white person or anybody saying the N-word. We're, we're past that. There's other ways to be racist without even using the N-word, far from it. So how did you, have you experienced racism firsthand? And if so, how did you handle that? So I'll start, one uh, story that I have is in fifth grade. My fifth grade teacher, who shall not be named, she, said to me and she says to my parents that I will not be successful in middle school. That will fail. That will look like I'll be dropping out of middle school because I am not smart enough to every other kid. That me thinking differently is gonna get it's gonna make me diminish my diminish my uh intelligence. She told my mom told, told my parents that and then uh she actually told my grandma that as well. And my grandma had a caller. She called her. She she called her she was like you do not get to tell my grandson that you do not get the right. You should first of all, you should have enough dignity tonight and say that to in front of his face tonight and let that phrase slip through your mouth. And she had to confront her about that. And at first I thought she was just being a mean teacher. But then my mom was like, no, she that was race, that was racist. That was that was strategically going towards you and the color of your skin and how you and the way that you uh, look at the world. That she said, mm, you're gonna fail in middle school. And because of that. Because and you, how you act, how you look, you're gonna fail. You're gonna have to drop out of middle school, and you're gonna have to repeat a lot of grades. Lucky, um, unlucky for her, I got straight A's for the the most of that year, and I had A's and B's, and I was school president. So definitely wrong. You were wrong about it, but good try, good try. You tried it. You tried it. So uh, I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got a comment. But Cece, uh, C- C- uh, have you experienced racism? How did you handle that? Babe, every day when I say, 
I mean, this kind of, I'll get more into it in one of the other questions, but my most like, dang, crazy experience was I was driving home with my dad, driving, my parents are divorced. I was driving home with my dad and these, there were some like real country white people. This is Raleigh, mind you, on like some homemade motorcycles. Like, um, what do you call them things? Like <laughs> homemade dirt bikes. And they were like riding the back of our truck, like all up on it. So my dad pulled over and they did not move. Like they were just waiting behind our car while we pulled over. So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? We drove, we kept driving and they kept following us. So my dad, we were like, right by my house and he didn't want them to know where we lived or anything so he pulled into a neighborhood and they were literally circling us screaming out the n-word this that and the third like and this was recent and this was like when it wasn't like before it was before George Floyd but like what's always stuck with me is Trayvon Martin so I'm like pull out the camera pull out the camera and I pull out the camera and literally they were just circling our car for like 15 20 minutes we had to call the cops everything this nice white lady she like she was yelling at them she was like y'all need to leave i'm gonna call the cops blase blase but it was genuinely scary experience because i don't know what you got if the cops pull up i don't care i'm what they gonna they gonna look straight past you babe like so that was the most like startling event but like of course there's been others because i have a whole bunch of white friends so it's like it's always like babe you're safe i'm not let's let's not do anything crazy let's not get ahead of ourselves so yeah on a daily basis okay kamara okay i actually have two stories so in fifth grade i went to an all-white school and this girl at recess decided to spit on me because i was black and the second story is first day of fifth grade this is another fifth grade story first day of fifth grade um they saw that a black girl was finally at their school and they didn't think i was smart enough to get in they didn't think i was they just didn't think i was smart so when i passed the test to get into that school they um had me sit at my own lunch table they made me do my own things because everyone else was white and i was doing my own little thing being black so i finally made friends though but other than that like i was by myself i was always that one little black girl who had the different hair the different like it was everything like different about me mm. y'all raising my blood pressure with these stories iana you want to go and then chloe oh uh, she can go yeah i'm sorry Okay, so my story, I wrote about it in my college essay, but um, I went to private school in Raleigh, and I experienced racism in the fifth grade. Um, it was a majority white school, and this one of my peers called me dog poop in a religion class, and because of my skin tone, and like I look like dog poop. And so I told my parents and my parents had a meeting with their parents and nothing changed, but yeah. What, Chloe, I, I have to, what? Go ahead, Chloe, I'm sorry, wow. Um, I don't know what's up with these school stories, but like at school, um, I have two. So the first one was like, I was young, I was going into first grade, I think. And I started first grade early. 
And so the people, I went to a private school and the people at the private school, they didn't want me to come in and they were being really racist against my parents because we had lived in Durham for the longest, but then we had finally moved and they didn't think that we had enough money to afford going to the school. They didn't think that um, I belonged there. They didn't think I should start at such an early age. They didn't think all these things and they kept denying my parents so much that they had to go to the school board and argue it out. And then it still took like an extra year. So I almost started school late, but I did start school early. But they had to go through such a long process just because they didn't think my parents could afford the school or that I would be a good influence at the school and things like that. And I was literally, I was four years old. Like, what was I going to do at four years old? I just wanted to go to school. But anyways, and then um, my second story is from, oh, peaches. My second story is from um, ninth grade. My ninth grade class, I was in this AP class and I was the only like person of color in the whole entire class. And I got like singled out. So I sat by myself. I didn't talk to anyone. And it was like an A day, B day schedule type class. So my um, B day class, basically my teacher, she just swore out I was cheating on everything because I sat by myself and I always got good grades. And she was like, it's impossible. And she would call me out of, like she would call me out of class after I took the test in front of her face and we were in person. So that's how I know I was not cheating because we were in person. So I was like right beside her desk and she would call me out and she would ask me if I was cheating. I'd say, no, I'm not cheating. She said, mm, oh, I think you were because there's no way that you got this grade when I didn't see you do any notes, any of this, any of that. I was like, how do you know what I've done in my spare time? And she just never believed me. So she would try giving me like 70s and 60s for things that I got the actual grade for. And then I would report her to the principal. The principal was like, she just thinks you're cheating. Are you cheating? I was like, no, I'm not cheating. And my principal is black. And that happened probably like four or five times. And I was just so over it. And the woman hated me. It was like every time I just got a good grade, she had a suspicion behind it. And I was so over it. And it felt like such a microaggression because all the other white kids who I knew were cheating because they'd always be like, they had a whole group chat for the class. And they would just go ahead and cheat, text each other during the test. But I was the only person that would get singled out the whole class, like the whole year. And I was so tired of it. But nothing happened. Uh, Adriana, Anna, do you have a story? Um, Adriana, do you want to go? Okay, I'll go if it's okay. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple. But this was freshman year, I believe. Um, so it was like two years ago. Um, a little over two years ago. I had went to a musical production for my um, school. They were like playing Beauty and the Beast, I think, I one of them. The and so me and my white friend, we had went together and we were sitting together. And there was a white lady in front of us and there was pearls underneath her chair. So I was like, are those her pearls? She probably dropped her jewelry. So I told my friend, I was like, should I tell her that she dropped her jewelry? And um, my friend was like, yeah, you should tell her. So we tapped on the lady and I specifically said, I was like, excuse me, ma'am, I th think you dropped your pearls. Are those your pearls? So she looked down and she said, oh my gosh, yes. And she turned to my friend and thanked her. And she never thanked me once. And um, 
she kept her and the thing that got me was she kept turning to my friend like she kept saying thank you thank you oh my gosh thank you five minutes later she turned around and never acknowledged me always acknowledged my friend so and i know my friend because she's a white girl and she doesn't have to deal with racial stuff on the daily i asked her i was like did you notice that she never looked at me once, never thanked me once when I was the one who specifically told her that she dropped her pearls? And she was just like, no, I, I didn't notice. It's okay, it probably wasn't a big deal anyway. But I always find it as a big deal. And even though some people might tell me this might not have been a racial encounter, sometimes I feel like it was because I was directly sitting behind the woman and she never acknowledged me once. But um, I do have uh, another story. When me and my family and I, we were in Maryland and we had went to this restaurant and we walked into the restaurant and it was just a whole bunch of white people everywhere staring at us. Not like the good type of stares, they were just staring at us. <laughs> so they had sat us upstairs away from everybody else where there was another black family. And my family was just like, how come they're only sitting the black people up here away from everybody, away from view when they clearly had enough seats downstairs. So my mom was not having it. And um, we walked right out. But I mean, I've dealt with a lot of racial encounters my mom, one time we were driving um, in Virginia and my mom was trying to get into another lane. She had her signal on and everything. She was doing everything right, trying to turn into another lane on the highway. And this man would not let her into the lane. So my mom rolled, rolls down her window and she's like, can I get into the lane? Like what's going on? And the man turns to my mom and says, go take a hike, you effing N-word. And I was very young at the time, I don't know, like less than six years old. And like hearing that, like I'd never really heard the N word before. My parents don't use it. And I'm, I don't grow up in that environment where people say that to each other. So I, I didn't, I, I kind of didn't know what was going on. And I was just like, like, what's going on, mom? Like, what did he just say? She was just like, well, he said something very mean to me. And um, at that time, I kind of, that's when I kind of realized that there's racism and so much racism in the world because the man didn't even know my mom and my mom was just trying to get into the lane. But I mean, my mom, she called the cops on him and got his license plate, so good for her. But yeah. Addie? Mm. Um, I've experienced countless um, instances of like blatant racism, like being called the N-word, being called a monkey, being called dirty because I have braids, like all that kind of stuff. But I feel like, I'm not gonna say those ones don't hurt, but it's it's almost like I know those people are trying to get a reaction out of me. So I just don't really react. But I feel like the ones that kind of like um, build up over time or like hurt the most are the microaggressions. And like my whole entire life, I've been one of the only black people, if not the only black person in white spaces. So like, it's tiring because you're there and you have to you just realize like all these constant microaggressions. Like 
I mean, having to accommodate to white people like in dance, I always have to change my hair for their hairstyles or I always have to change my color, whatever I'm wearing to fit them or um, just all these different things that I feel like you might not even realize after the fact or you've been experiencing for so long that you don't even um, take offense to it or feel like it's a problem anymore. White people coming out to just touch your hair because they think they can touch it. Oh, your hair looks so fluffy, can I touch it? Like, And they just reach out and touch your hair. Like, nobody does that to white people. Nobody's like, oh, your hair looks so straight. I just wanna touch, like nobody does that, you know? And nobody thinks it's okay to do, but it's, it's like they feel like they have um, some kind of right to be able to do things like that. And there's just so many, I mean, I don't even know. I can just think of so many instances, even since I was in elementary school, I wanted to be Snow White from the play and they were like, no, you can't be Snow White. So um, I got cast as a narrator. Um, like there's just so many things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. I and mean, like you guys kind of, I mean, obviously there's so many things that happen throughout your entire life, but it's, I think I said this in the last podcast, but I'm gonna just say it again, it's tiring. Cause it really is. That's like the basis of everything. So, yep. yeah. I, I, I agree. <clears throat> I have, I won't say, I'm not gonna say anything, I'm not gonna say, but I did done a musical where I got casted as somebody, there was, cause, my schools that I went to, I'm going to be very general. The schools that I went to are predominantly white. So getting cast as in a mu in a musical that, first of all, I didn't like. So that that was anything. But it was me and this other girl who is uh, who's Indian. So you know, fairly same skin skin tone, lighter, darker because Indians have some. That, but she she and I got casted as the um, how can I put this? The color in the show. Because there's actual characters that are Asian. So, and I don't know, it probably, and it's, there's some instance that you, even like some people, they don't see it. So they just like, they're casting people, you got stuff like that. And they really don't like see it until like you actually perform and you're like, oh, wow. So it's like, it, it might not have been intentional, but there's also unintentional, I'm not going to call it racism, but like unintentional placement of race, if that makes sense. That we got both of us a uh, fairly skinned, fairly skinned, uh, fairly skinned, dark, got cast as the cultural aspect of it. And we're supposed to act like that's just the character by himself. It's just that the character in the Broadway show is Asian and they make fun of that and that old time stuff like that. But it was when we saw it, we're like, wow, we really got casted as those. And my character, we were saying, like, I had to say, like, fork, I'd act like, I don't know, a little crazier, like, over dramatic, over the top. And I, I'm really trying to be very big about it. For instance, of, you know, protection. <laughs> but, drop the ass. Drop the ass. No, for real. It was interesting to see that. And like there was other blacks, but other blacks, but it's either they were ensemble, which is, that's it. You see that you got like side characters, very side side characters, and then you got ensemble. 
that's where you feel place unless there's like an after show like the color purple or like other places that actually centers around african-american people that the fact that it took what ages for alphabet to be black for glenda to be black and wicked dancers to be stuff like that to get the appreciation for stuff we had we needed the fact that we actually needed a whiz the witness to show culture because the wizard of Oz didn't do that that those things that we have to really work for and stuff like that and we still not getting appreciated white people are taking credit there's um the script that i'm reading and it says that i had moved to a predominantly white school and my victories became their victors my uh, championships became their championships and they don't appreciate where my rooted from since I asked the coaches coach has said you're the reason why we're winning but because he's black ah, no 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 you you did something but we're not gonna give you credit for it also another story is and I'll go to Ionica sorry hand then we move on is my when I moved to this house this neighborhood is I don't know most of y'all have seen my house so like that when my parents moved and they saw that we were in like we're in the model house. This is the model house that it was. There's a neighborhood website, chat stuff like that. Why are these black people moving to our white neighborhood? Why is this stuff like that? They're coming to this neighborhood. They don't belong here. Yada, this and this and third, all stuff like that. And we were like, and my parents, they just like told me that like some years, but they didn't tell me that right away. And now I think that was like racist. Like you really, first of all, we say slavery is over. Yes, they changed the name to manual labor. That you're changing the name. You're not. It's not over. You're changing the name. Segregation's over. No, you're just putting people in boxes now. Categories. That it's different. They are changing names. Y'all didn't say, okay, we're going to change our views and the way that because we know it's wrong. No, we just change the name so people don't attack us. And yeah, and then we we'll move. On. Okay, I'm gonna go back to what you said about like theater. Um, I'm in like the theater uh, society at my school, and when they were doing, I think they're doing sh not strike. They were doing um, I forgot the name of it, but it's a play, and it's about like hairspray. They're doing hairspray, and she, she said, because a lot of the main characters are white, and there is a few black main characters, but majority of them are white. Yeah. And so she said that you can't like cross, like if you're a darker skin tone, you stay with the black people. If you're a lighter skin tone, you stay with the white people. And she said that about Hispanics, like anybody, Asians, she didn't care what, if you were a skin color, you have to stick with that. And she didn't care. Adrian, mm. mm -mm -mm. uh, I'm gonna go see you, but then we gotta move on. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to say this really quickly. I was in that um, play, Hairspray, and like you could choose like if you just wanted to mainly act, sing and act, or dance, sing and act. I have two left feet. I cannot dance at all. I don't physically have two left feet, but y'all get it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, um, I specifically said that I do not want to dance. I could sing and act, and that's about it. And they put me as one of the colored kids. And I was just like, um, and the colored kids have to dance. They don't, they don't have lines, they don't sing, they dance, they just dance. 
And I was like, see now, I know she put me in this role because I am black. She didn't yeah. put me in this role because of my talents. Like I had actually tried out for one of the main characters, but she didn't put me in that because of my talents. She put me in because I was black. And I felt very like struck by it. And I was just like, um, maybe I won't do the show just because she put me in here because I was black. But I mean, I still ended up doing it. I just gave little effort, but it's very discouraging. I, wow, there, there's so much more stories that we tell. And awesome, now let's say watchers and listeners, if you have a story, share it with us. And we'll definitely, if you want us to, we could share it out. And we'll, I'll ask them, how should y'all, how should you handle that? How should this uh, make you feel? Should you actually react? or just send back. So that's nothing. So our fourth question, and Ariana, you're gonna go first for this fourth question. How have you changed the narrative of racism and oppression in your schools and community? What do you plan to achieve in your line of work? Can you change the world as a teenager? Um, I wouldn't really say that I've changed, like did too much. Um, to change the narrative of racism and oppression, but just like been having a lot of conversations with people and um, like letting them know like their microaggressions and their biases, because I feel like especially like with how open things are like in society now and how like a lot of things are being brought to attention that you should know like what you're doing is wrong. Like you should be more educated on things. And I remember like even as, like a sixth, seventh grader when um, that, I forgot his name, but the man got shot on like Facebook Live, how mm -hmm. I was bringing attention to it like on Instagram and my classmates were like, that doesn't mean all cops are bad. That doesn't mean this is and the third. And then now it's crazy to see them all about like posting like Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, ACAB, like all different types of stuff like that. Um, but in my line of work, since I want to be a neurologist, which is very underrepresented with women, especially black women and black people in general, um, really just be like a representation um, to like show girls like, yes, you can be, you know, like a neurologist and do this, even though you're not represented that well in this industry. CC. Um, yeah. So I feel like my whole life, like Eddie said, I've been kind of the token black friend, I guess people call it. So it's always been, but they're always like, oh yeah, Sierra, you're different. My whole life I've been like trying to step out and show the girlies what's right and what's wrong. Like they know not to do that to me, but like sometimes they be forgetting like, okay, you can't do that to everybody else too. Cause they know I don't play. So that's been a full-time job since kindergarten. Um, <laughs> And as far as high school, I've just been trying to be a leader. So like junior year, was it? Junior year, my friends and I were elected as the first all black student body officers that our school has ever had. And that was that was a time when I say that was a time. It was great. It didn't. And we're officers this year again. So last junior year, we were I was vice president and this year I'm president. And this year it's not all black, but it's all POC, which is also great. And it doesn't really, it didn't dismantle any of the racist activities that were going on, but it showed that like, okay, babe, yeah. if, if 
all the white girlies and all the black girlies voted for you and all everybody indifferent, that means you're going places, you're doing something. And people actually are starting to realize that it's just not, oh, popularity, white girl wins the contest. Like, that's not how it's going. And for that as well, a lot of other schools have reached out to us. And a lot of people have hit me up personally, like black girls and stuff like thank you for doing this because it kind of proves a point. Like, yeah, I can, we're on the same level, if not higher, I can do this. Um, we also, this year, we just implemented an equity team. We got our student equity team back and we're talking about like the disparities in Wake County public school system and what we can do to change an equitable learning experience from students. And um, for my line of work, I just want to break down the barriers. I'm a very outgoing person. So like, I want to see more black girls on candid camera, 4K baby. Like I'm talking about Robin Roberts, like Gail, like Angela Rye. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to break down those barriers and we're going to educate people as we go. And people, since I'm in that light and like people like, oh, like, I don't want to say popular, but I know a lot of people. So I'm not going to conform to them and just be like, oh, yeah, I have a lot of white friends. Let me not post this picture of George Floyd getting his head laid on because that's that's uncomfortable. We don't want to make the girls uncomfortable. No, we're going to make them uncomfortable as possible because Nothing gets done if nobody's uncomfortable. We're sitting here tiptoeing around these conversations that need to be had. And that's why you still got kids out here using the N-word. And I don't like that. So it's just like, if you have the spotlight, use it. Don't be afraid to lose it. Because one thing about me, I'm a step for what I believe in. And if people cancel me, don't want to follow me, that's it. But I know in my heart that I'm doing the right thing. And I see certain people actually like following after that. Even like racist people. I forgot who was talking. I think it might have been Ari, where she was like, she sees people now posting Black Lives Matter and stuff. We love a good growth story. As long as you can admit that you are in a bad place one time and you you have learned, you have expressed your knowledge and you have gotten the opportunity to grow as a person, I'm here for you. I forgive you for what you did back then, but just use your platform to educate other people. I, I totally agree. It's, it's time that if you are in white privilege, you need to use your white privilege. Yeah. It's, you can't just be like bagging off because of that. Like use that to fight for a cause that is not going away anytime soon. We've been fighting for 400 years beforehand. And I hope that, I really pray that we could change, but if not, how it seems like we're going, we're going to be fighting for another 400 years for a thing that should be easy. It should be easy. It should. We shouldn't really have a law about it. It should just be human nature to say, everybody's lives matter. Black lives matter. We got POC. You can't just discriminate between somebody because of the skin tone. Why are you doing that? And the line of work we need—we need more black actors, black uh, doctors, women, uh, black female doctors. All this stuff. We need all those different things to show that you can. So that when that little little black boy sees me, hopefully, like I pray, sees me on TV, he's like, "I want to be like a Christian one day. I want to fight." I want that. That that's where I'm going. That I created a movement that, and I don't. I honestly. I want the kids to see me not in a game, typical black stuff, but as a CEO in a show, like the CEO in that show, something different that you don't really see. Not just gang member, drug dealer, stereotypical things that everybody wants you to see, but something different. And Addie, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, 
I was just gonna say for everybody that doesn't go to Millbrook, Sierra is definitely like she is a figure, man. Like she is, she is definitely a leader. Like ever since my freshman year when I joined track team, like she has been. She's so outgoing. She's a leader. She's somebody that everybody loves. She gets along well with everybody. Like she's really like somebody that I've definitely looked up to. Like being ever since freshman year, just like seeing her do what she does, being a black woman in these positions of these like higher up positions at the school. So I just really applaud her for everything she's done at Millbrook. Not your girl, baby. She camera girl. <laughs> um, and just like Christian said, like breaking that narrative that's that's what how my parents taught me to kind of um protest in a way which is sad that that's the way that it would be considered protesting but like i don't want to fit the narrative that white people have in their heads um of black people like i keep my i try to keep my gpa up i try to be as active in everything i can i try to be the best at everything i do like I try to push to be great because that's not the image they have of me in their heads. So I'm trying to break that image. And um, I think that's what I do personally, but I definitely had like the rise of all the BLM protests. Like, of course there's ignorant white people saying ignorant white people stuff. And at the beginning it was like trying to educate, but then it just got tiring because like there's too many of them. So like, it's like, you have Google, you can read, like yeah. figure it out yourself. And if you still don't believe it, you still don't see it, it's understandable because it doesn't affect you. So like, you're gonna be like, oh, I don't see black people getting told they can't walk into stores. Racism is gone. Like, you know, like, so it's like, if they still can't understand it, then leave them alone. Cause I really do not have time for those kind of people in my life right now. But uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, Iana. Okay, over the summer, like when everybody was protesting and everything, I went to a protest in New York City. Um, it was a small protest, and you know how like people, like Trump supporters, do like, <laughs> um unpeaceful protests, and all people with Black Lives Matter, unpeaceful, and this, that, and the third. I went to a very peaceful protest, and it was very nice, and. You could see like how the community was coming together because people were driving past in their cars and they would actually sit there, read the signs that we had. They would blow their horns. They'd be like, yes, like I understand or stuff like that. And like, it was a nice time for like the community to come together. Um, But I feel like in the future, because I want to study political science and I want to like, hopefully work in the legislative branch one day. And um, I would love to like make laws that help like black people, people of color, and like, yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love everything. We're gonna move on. Answer um, these last. Two Adriana has something to say. Where I'm sorry, I did not hear. So sorry, Go ahead, Adriana. I just wanted to say, um, in my community. Um, I recently started a black student union at my school, the first ever BSU at my school. Um, so with that, we're hopefully, cause you asked the question about um, in our community. Yeah. So hopefully with that, um, we are trying to 
create events um, and hold events and raffles and things like that and sell black art and get black artists in our school to be more represented and to hold events that we can uh, get money and then we will put that money back into the black community. So I'm very excited about that. So yeah. Addie, I hope you think what I'm thinking about what I talked to you about last time, that that's something mm -hmm. on that line. But <laughs> yeah, Cece, and then we'll move on to the next, the next two questions. Um, Adriana, first of all, I love that she started that. Like, ah, kudos to you, girl. That's going to be great. You got to keep me posted. But also, I wanted to say kind of like um, racism. I was just thinking about it. Like, a lot of racism, it's just taught. Like, this is what people learn. This is what their parents think. And what I like to do, especially, like, what brings me my little adrenal rush is what or what makes me happy when I'm doing the things I'm doing is that I go into these meetings with the school board system or I go and talk in front of these people and it's just a crowd. Them not saying they're all racist, but I know for a fact a few of them have been and it's just like middle-aged to older white people and they're just like, wow. When they come back and give me my accolades, I'm like, wow. Like I impacted somebody today, but also it starts there. You got to start with these people's parents. You can, if you're telling somebody one thing, everybody has their own brain, but everybody is not capable to think on their own. Like they're going off of what their parents are telling them, what their friends are telling them. And it's just like, you got to start where the issue is. And I know that's like hard and you're like, oh, I'm only a teenager. I can't really fix this. I can't really solve this. But as long as you're respectful, like educate anybody you can. Especially like in the school system, I do not know how certain teachers do it. I know for a fact, y'all probably don't know about this, but um, there was definitely some racial profile going on with one of my teachers and other teachers involved where I wasn't even let into class because a black teacher wrote me a pass and he didn't accept passes from that black teacher. So it's just like a lot of reformation needs to happen. And I feel like us starting stuff like the equity team or BSU is what needs to happen because yeah. then it gets to bigger platforms. Then more people see it. Then it's like, oh, well, these black people aren't thugs. Maybe they are half all right. You need to start doing good for your community and just, it's like, kill people with kindness. Kill people with your melanin, babe. Like, yeah. do you? Shine. And don't be afraid of anybody older, younger, and different because you have the tools, you have what it takes. So just keep it pushing and show out how you were supposed to. Definitely. I, yes, I totally agree. And let's get to <clears throat> our last two questions. Can Blacks be racist to their own race? Uh, is there something? Is there something that makes you less Black or too Black? than others. Uh, Chloe. Can you repeat the definition of racism? Because I don't want to, I don't want to stutter. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mix my words. Oh, sorry. Prejudice, discrimination against a person, a direct, directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethical group. Okay, then I would say yes, but I don't know if racist is like the perfect word, but they definitely, we definitely have like colorism and other issues like that. I don't know if you could say racism, but 
it's pretty it's pretty close because I'd say everything except for like the ethical the ethnical group because all black people are black you might be mixed with something but we are all black and there's like black people that just hate black people for no reason for no reason i know plenty of black people that just must be confused or something because they refuse <laughs> to just accept that they are black they like they will like side with any other side but the black side and then there's like you know boys who are colorists and they want to they want to say this about people and say that about people like cc said she's already talking about it because i i always say that your mom is black your dad is black you came from two black people you could have came from one black person so what do you have against black people that black person brought you to this earth they didn't bring you on earth to hate black people they brought you on earth to love someone it might not be a black person but mm. like dang what do we do to you and it just it really it kills me it kills me this I, it kills me it kills me and then like um just like black people like when someone has their braids done and they leave them in for like a month and then you know girls will go in on them like mm, da, 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 da. and like yeah yeah it's kind of like messy on the top but you don't have to make them feel bad like they see they wake up in the mirror they look look at how it looks like so they already know or when people want to talk about like what another black girl looks like or they want to comment on their body shape just because like the classic look like the instagram look is one way and they're just like oh she's too skinny she's too because i don't know the black people i know they like to eat and they like if you're bigger you're better so like if you're a skinny black person oh whoa get out and then if you're like slightly bigger there's like a perfect middle because if you're too big oh you know how to cook but if you're too small you don't know how to eat and it's like I just hate that, and I hate how we kind of get on each other and we try and pass it off as jokes, but they hurt, and I don't know if that would be considered a microaggression against ourselves, but they do hurt, and they like are things that people, like, this sits with them, and then they are wondering if they're black enough to even, like, be black because of all these things people say about them. So, yeah, I think there's some sort of racism within the black community, but I don't know if you would call it racism. Mm -hmm. Kamara, I know I wanna I wanna if she um I think a major issue like not to say racism but like colorism is a very big problem in the uh, black community because I know y'all probably see like in person and like on social media how there will be like people like black people like oh I don't want no dark skin girl, no dark skin boy, no, no, no. light skins only. This is brown. Yes, and then, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, it's disappointing because like these are your people. You know what I mean? Like somewhere down the line, like you came from a dark skin black person, and also it's the thing of like it also plays into society also because like lighter skin is seen as like the beauty standard. And then also social media is like, kind of like every light skin is gonna look like this. Every dark skin is gonna look like this. And then it's also like, you see people posting on social media, like dark skins, beauty standard dark skins, like dark skins that look a certain type of way. And this is not necessarily not like appreciating everything in the world in general. Oh, okay, uh, Iana and then Addie. Okay, I feel like 
a lot of black girls judge other black girls. Mm-hmm. Um, when like we all should be like a sisterhood thing, but no, a lot of black girls look at another black girl, and it might be because of jealousy or like stuff like that. But a lot of black girls I see judge other black girls, and like Chloe said earlier, that is so true. And how some black boys fetishize that, yeah, for white girls, and or like they're like, or like they're obsessed, and that's just how they have to have a girl, and they want to have mixed children, and stuff like that. And I feel like that's type weird. Yeah, definitely agree. I was just gonna say, like, all that stuff, like, that black people, I think the word, um, a better word, like, not racism, but prejudice, like, cause we can be prejudiced, but I don't think we can be racist necessarily. Like, that's what white people want. Like, they want us to be against each other within our own community, because then they don't have to do anything. Like, we're already within our community, like hating on each other for your co- the color of your skin, like whether your proximity to whiteness, like your features, all that stuff, like that's literally what they want. Like they want us to, to them, it doesn't matter how light you are or how dark you are. Like we're all like, can't say the word, we're all Negroes basically. I'm gonna say that we're all Negroes to them. So like, you like I just don't understand that at all. And like just like um Iana was saying, like that whole thing with black boys, I could talk about that for days because it's so aggravating. But like it's like white girls do not want you, they just want you because you're black and like they fetishize you, like they want they want their D1 kids or they want their mixed babies with blue eyes and curly hair. Like that's what they have, and that's the image they have in their head. Like that's why they want you, they don't want you, like. It just makes no sense to me. And then they, their their preference in girls is based off of that that ideal of beauty they have in their head, like that proximity to whiteness. And it's just, mm, yeah. <laughs> Kamara, I know. Okay, so <laughs> this question. Don't name names, just don't name names. <laughs> I promise I won't. A lot of y'all will probably know. Yeah. Can we name names, please? This one name. This one name. This one name. We all have a friend, or we all know this kid. Yeah, he ain't my friend. Right. What said, Chloe? Trump became our president. All of a sudden, we he turned from black to white. Real quick. He's the definition of a coon. He what's it called? All his speed, all his story. Trump, 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 Trump. It's even to the point he has a story that's called hiding from Biden. Come on now. Um, a person that so, wants your right. You might as well drop the hat, babe. <laughs> Christian, you need to let us just go ahead and call this <laughs> man out. <laughs> it's to the point you he's can, right. You can put the name in the chat. American flags on, on his, his car. car. Like, come yes. on now, yes. both your parents are literally black. Like, going back to what Chloe was saying, both of his parents are black. So it's like, what went through his mind to make him with that man? Like, literally, what went through his mind to completely <laughs> change to the point where? It's, it's just ugly. It's not cute. You're not cute. Like, 
Oh, Christian, you're Christian. I'm posting <laughs> up with an American flag. Like, posting up with police officers right? in the in a uh, Instagram <laughs> post saying not all cops are bad. Police have done this for me. Da, 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 da. Like, but he did a YouTube video of with police. I think he did, didn't he do a YouTube video of with yes, police. Yes, yes, and he's the same person. Like, if he was riding around in the street at nighttime and a police were to pull him over, they would probably curb stomp him if they had the ability. <laughs> curb stomp, girl. <laughs> Definitely, that would take me out. Question was literally like when you put this question on here, I like that's what I texted you because I was so ready for this question. I was just waiting for this moment. Like I was just waiting to end his career. Uh -uh. No, we're not, <laughs> not just being a triggering question for but, you. Oh, you go ahead and then CC. Okay, I just want to add real quick on the things this man has said. I just want to go in, like, very briefly. Um, over summer, I was talking to him when, like, the whole Black Lives Matter thing had happened. And, like, he just wouldn't hear what I was saying. He was talking about how it was just, like, terrible and how it was disruptive, how people need to be grateful for what they have. I was like, what? I, I, I couldn't understand. Then, um... When he posted the cops thing, he was telling me cops aren't bad. He was saying black people are the problem because we can never just be nice. We we just need to stop doing these things and doing these things. I was like, how can you be saying this? And he was trying to tell me that he he is perfectly fine and he's like all like aware of his blackness. And I was like, yes. I was like, I'm not saying you're not black. I'm just saying you're not being like you're not allowing other black people to be great. And he like wouldn't post anything he was talking about. He's just like, I just can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. There's too much to talk about. I want to retaliate with um, that I know something. He did say constantly that, and I, I actually I think confronted on this, that uh, he said, make America great again. He's speaking the truth. And I was like, when has America ever been great? <laughs> it hasn't been great, it hasn't ever been great for you. I don't know. Because <laughs> last time I checked, he would have been out on the fields. But that's, that's, that's right. Right. right? That's and I'm going saying. off of what Christian just said, um, with the Make America Great Again, he definitely put Jesus will make America great again on the back of his car. But we're not going to get started on that topic because oh, that's where they he uses religion for political reasons. He is, I'm, he I'm not- religion to justify everything, homophobia, like racism. He just uses it. That's just his scapegoat for everything. Yeah. If, you, if you go outside and you shoot somebody, he's gonna be like, Jesus was not upon you. That's why you didn't, that's why you did that. It was because you don't have the spirit of Jesus within you. <laughs> somebody- he, he, look, I'm not, I'm not like, honestly, We're not bashing, well, some of us are. But what we're saying is, <laughs> is that remember if you listen to the last episode when I asked, is BLM a political a statement or a humanist rights? He is someone who will believe that a BLM is a political statement that we are making that we are making this a political statement, not the uh, actual people that are conservatives and making a political statement, making that all lives matter and doing this and this. Or he is someone who has said all lives matter. Yeah, something that's done a lot of things. So with that, it comes to the point of 
why are black people going against each other black people when we know that no matter if you're in the let's go back to times people thought that if you're in the fields versus in the house you were upper upper than anybody else because i'm in the house i'm serving them we're all still serving for somebody who thinks they're on us they own us so like that we're no different you just might have air conditioning while we ain't stuck in the heat but believe me you'll be kicked back into the heat you'll be kicked you'll be whipped and if you cry you're gonna get whipped again cc go ahead um there's just so much to unpack like <laughs> first um <clears throat> You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So we should just pray for that little boy. That's all I'm going to say. About <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Um, can you say that again? That I said, that, you that, can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So we just going to pray for him. And I oh. don't, everybody can have their own opinion. That's fine. I don't agree with it, but you don't have to be obnoxious about it. I don't idolize politicians. That's why you don't see me with the big um, Biden flag in my room or in my house. He was elected. It's done. It's over. As for you saying Black Lives Matter, I wasn't on the last thing, but I literally, our equity team had to write a letter calling one of our, one of the people higher up in Wake County Public Schools with some, um, about being saying some stuff and we said that my life is not a political stunt like it's not up for discussion it's just not yes. it's not politics it's not it's my life exactly. it's your students lives so there's that and then going back into the original question where it was like um can black people be racist to each other? I agree with the they can be prejudiced and like we talked about the black guys um, liking or fetishizing white people. Somebody along the line, don't quote me because I don't know who told it to me, but basically they're like, yeah, it was seen that the lighter skin you are, the closer to God you are. So that has been instilled through generations and generations and generations, which is why white people have been held on a higher pedestal and which is why it's been instilled in black people or darker skinned people and light skinned people that if you're light skinned, you're on a higher stool than the black person. Just like you were saying, if you're in the house, that just puts you even more higher. No, babe, cut the cameras. For real. Cut the cameras. That needs to be dismantled. And that's why whenever I see little black girls, I'm going to get into the hair topic of it because I forgot who said it, but especially in black women, there's so much bashing going on. There's so much bashing going on, period. We need to cut it out because dividing ourselves and then trying to fight one big, that's not going to work. It's not going to work, babe. We got to be on the same team. But especially with black girls and their hair, I make a conscious effort every time I see a little girl with black girl with 4C hair, 4B hair, 3C hair. My hair is loose curls in my whole life. Like all my white friends, all my black friends, they're always like, oh my gosh, what do you do your hair? I put water on it. They're like, oh my gosh, you have good hair. You have good hair. That is my biggest pet peeve. Somebody telling me I have good hair. You have good hair because you have, I have good hair because I have hair on my head. I was blessed to have hair on my head. That's good hair. I don't care if it's 3A, 3B, 3C. I'm tired of people being like, oh, you have good hair because my curls are loose. No, babe. I want your 4C kinky curls. Like, I don't, do you want to trade? Because it's all good hair to me. I, and you should see like little girls face when I worked at Harris Teeter, which is like a grocery store here. I will always compliment them on their hair. And it's like, they're just face lights up. And that's what we need to start instilling in the younger generations. Not, oh, don't like her because she likes skin. She thinks she all that. No, that's your equal. Y'all are cool. Respect her. Bring her up. She brings you up. And you win. We win. We all win. Like, yeah. 
I don't understand it. So yeah, that's all I have to say on that. I, I totally agree. Uh, Adriana? So I kind of want to make this really quickly, um, really quick. And I want to go um, back to the question that you had originally said about um, if black people can be racist. I feel like, cause I know, I, I don't remember who, but somebody said that they can't. And I feel like they can, um, just not towards white people. I feel like you can't oppress the oppressor and the oppressor, oppressor is a white person. But I do see a lot when I'm looking at Asian communities being, um, have like a lot of racism towards them. I tend to see it coming from black people. And I'm just like, hold on, because black people, why are you trying to be racist and doing racial things in a negative way towards another group of people when you know white people did that to us? Um, so I do think um, they can be racist. Black people can be racist to other minorities. They just can't be racist towards white people. Cause uh, I mean, a white person, I... but, um, and then, um, the second question was um, something about making you feel. What was the question again? The second one. Uh, is there something that makes you less black or too black? I feel like. So I remember um, it was my first day at public school, and somebody. I was being introduced, I was in PE and I was being introduced to the rest of the girls and everybody. And they just randomly asked me, what are you? So I was just like, oh, I'm West Indian. And then they said, one girl was like, oh, I'm part Indian too. And I was like, no, cause oh. yes, no, cause yes. Like, girl, because I don't think a lot of people tend to understand that when you're West Indian, that doesn't make you in Indian from like the subcontinent of India. That means you are Caribbean. And um, people would tell me, like, I had a friend, he was just like, oh, um, I've been to the Bahamas before. And I'm like, oh, really? I have family in the Bahamas. And then he was like, wait, I thought you were black. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like sir. But, and I feel like that is a kind of, not really a struggle, but that is something that makes me feel or make makes it look like I'm less black to other people. But I want people to understand is that Caribbean, Afro-Caribbeans are still black. And even though we go through, even though we're like a mix of things and we go through different things and we have a different culture compared to African-Americans, we're still black. And you know, we when I'm walking down the street, people still gonna like treat me like I'm a black person. So yeah. Oh, and also, also that, um, that um, colonizer, not colonizer, but you know, y'all know what I'm talking about, that boy. Um, I don't know. He need to get his act together. We're going to pray for him. Um, we are going to pray for him, but, and not him, not him bringing Jesus into everything. It's not like, Jesus. And, and it's like, we, yeah, we talk with him because we like experience with him, but there's other black guys, either black uh, women too that do this there's other people also outside of him that actually believe that wholeheartedly that 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 uh last president did something for a black community that it strengthened us it combined us that blm is a political statement 
and that we are causing, that we should be nicer, that we're being too aggressive, that black women are talking too much, that black men, what they they need to hide their emotions, yada, yada, this, and the third, going back to stereotypes, stuff like that, but baby, 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 baby. You know, we both be on that field picking the cotton if you know if we were back in slavery times. I just hope we know that that she was drinking from the black water fountain that was hot versus a white water fountain that was cold. Let's just get that straight. That sometimes, especially when people that are darker than us, that well darker than us, I'm starting to, but like, and they still think that they, they like are different. We're all the same. We all have ancestors. We're all get being treated the same or the same or even worse than each other. So except let's fight, let's not be dividing, but be together and fight for a cause that really is truly that BLM, that Black Lives Matter, that's the human's right, that we shouldn't have to make laws, stuff like that, for everybody to appreciate that we are human. Like, come on, Cece, and then I'm gonna ask my guests the question, and Cece and Kamara, go ahead. Cece, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to comment really quickly on the end of your question because I completely forgot about the last part of it but about um what makes you black or not black and I know a lot of y'all I heard a lot of y'all said you went to private schools and even me with going to PWI like predominantly white high schools middle school elementary schools everybody's like yeah you're not black enough a lot of black people when I got into middle school that's when really when I started like making black friends they were just like yeah you're whitewashed because I'm eloquently spoken babe. Like, yeah, because I have white friends. Like, I don't like when black people, I feel like we need to cut out black people bashing white people as well. Cause it is a thing. Like you, it's like, it's, I have a lot of white people that I'm cool with and that are great people and that are right for me till the wheels fall off. But like black people saying that because you're educated, because you hang out with other white people, because you do this, because you go on nice vacations or this, that, and third, maybe things they haven't experienced that you're white. It's not, you can't, it's not the same. And I feel like that's Dr. Umar quotes popping in my head right now, but (laughs) like, I feel like that's just not right. Like, we really need to start dismantling that in the Black community, saying you act white or you talk white just because you're smart or you do your work or you do that, because that's feeding into the black, the stereotypes that white people have for Black people, and that's just not okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going, we're, oh, come on. Mm, actually, she just, had her hand up for a break, though. I know. Combine y'all combine that with your the last question because I don't want. No, I just minus minus simple question like short. Okay. Another thing that like I agree with Cece, and another thing that like actually bothers me, and I'm pr- pretty sure probably bothers all of us as African American women, is the fact that like African American men they always try to put the quote of saying, "Oh, all African American women are the same. They're ghetto. They're all." Like always ghetto, always you like you'll find one per- perfectly good African American woman, and they try to get with a black man, and oh no, she's ghetto, she's African American. Like that's all I had to say. But Rihanna, can you make it a little short? I don't. I just don't want to go past time that it was last episode. But go ahead, Rihanna. Okay, I just want to say something quick. Um, it's like kind of experience or whatever. I don't really like when, um some black girls like they pick and choose their friends based on like if they're if the girl's light skin if she has nice hair and stuff like that because one time in middle school 
Okay, I'm Caribbean too. And one time in middle school, um, this girl came up to me and she was like, oh my gosh, are you mixed? And I was like, no. And then she was like, oh, then how is your hair so nice? And then I was like, I don't know, I'm Caribbean. And then she was like, okay, well, we should be friends. Big no. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so for my guests, uh, if again, if you haven't heard from Adriana, Chloe, and Addie for their answer, please go listen to the last podcast. It was very, but it was very impactful. Now for Iana, Cece, Ariana, and Kamara, I want to ask you this question. You could give me a word, one word that ties it all up, or a phrase. How do you feel about being a black teenager in a white world? Let's start with Iana. I would say it's interesting. Mm. Okay. All right, Cece. I would say it's very draining, but rewarding at the same time. I agree, yeah. Kamara, Ariane? I would say it could be uncomfortable at times. Yeah, uncomfortable, I'd say the same thing. I I totally agree. There's been a lot of discussion happening today and the last episode. And I know, and we all know, the two episodes is not enough to impact all this history, segregation, slavery, yada, yada. Two episodes is definitely not enough. And we're going to for sure have more. And it might, and we need to start learning as, even as blacks, as if you're white listening. And I don't, and I think white people should listen to this. It's not predominantly for blacks. Everybody needs to listen to this because everybody needs to learn. And Black History Month is not just a month. We need to cut that because we learn white history every every year, every January, March, April, even on February, February, March, April, May, all those years. So February is not just Black History Month. No, Black History Month is every day, every hour. We're living through history right now with presidencies, with the movement. We had, if y'all don't know, and if you don't, then you need to know, we had our Black, our young millennial, I want to say millennial Gen Z, who was a inaugural poet, who was black, a black woman, fighting for a cause, changing the narrative. Everybody, we have, did, if you didn't see the Super Bowl, we had our black national anthem. That was there. That was there. Imagine, look at how, how long it took to appreciate that. And we're still fighting and we're still trying to, we're still crawling and running, but guess what? For the people that think that our lives don't matter, we are still gonna fight. We will fight until our last breath, and then our kids and their kids will fight until they, until everybody that that is saying that knows that we are, that our lives, that our breath, that you cannot control us, and you. I'm gonna quote Hamilton again: "You cannot tell us who lives and who dies and who tells our story." Because our story is our story, and we will tell it, and if you and we'll tell it, and you're gonna get. And if you tell it, we're gonna make sure we're gonna fact check you because you're gonna get every single second correct. Because you're not gonna whitewash anything. Because you change, you try to change the narrative. No, no, no. We're gonna change that back to our negative narrative. So I want to say thank you, everybody. Thank you for all this. Thank you for my watchers and listeners out there. I want to say thank you to my guests. My returning people, I'm so grateful to have y'all again. And there's just again lots to unpack. So 
this close out our two episode special of IDK being black in a white world. And I'm very proud of that. I'm excited. This is then I this has been something I've been this right here is exciting things because I was waiting for this since I started this podcast. This whole two specials. I was I remember talking to Kamara Ariana when I was talking, I said, I want to start a podcast. And I was like, they were like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And I was like, yes, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to have y'all in it for February because this is something I want to do. And it, so this has been a long time going. But again, thank you for everyone who's listening, watching. Don't forget for my YouTubers, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And for our listeners, don't forget to rate this. Again, put it at five stars and comment, link. And also, and also uh, I'm going to give y'all a goal. Uh, yeah. Because I do goals every year. So the first goal, I'm going to only give you two goals. Is the first one is change the narrative for my black people, for my black all people of color in general. Change the narrative. Don't let pe- don't let the oppressor write your story. Don't let the oppressor write your. And number two, appreciate your history and become history. You need to appreciate your past, and since our Future is going to be somebody else's history. Become that history. Put your name with those textbooks. Make sure that when people, when younger kids, generations see this, they were like, oh my goodness, this, this, and that did that. They fought. My mom fought. My dad fought for a movement that should have been completed and successful a long time ago that we're still fighting. So that's those are the goals. Now, I do not know what my next episode is going to be about, so it's going to be a surprise to everybody. But we'll see about that. Also, if you want to donate, please, please, please donate. It will be uh, it'll be in my bio at IDK with Christian. And also, does anybody have a my a newly guest? Does anybody want to drop their or say their Instagram handle? Okay, go ahead and follow me at Ari. A R I dot M N with two underscores. Um, mine is Kamara P dot 16. I'm S H S I I A N A on Instagram. She had to spell that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is C I C I S dot feed on Instagram. So CC's feed. Spell that out. Okay. And then go ahead, Adriana, Chloe, and Addie. Oh, we're for the nerds again. Yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> um, mine is adharris.13. Chloe. Um, mine is Chloe Austin and then an underscore. Okay. On Instagram, I am AMS underscore Adriana, A-D-R-I-A-N-A. All right, don't forget to follow uh, IDK with Christian on Instagram for all new updates about everything. I want to say thank you for everybody. Thank you to my guests and my listeners. And have a nice day. And again, stay blessed. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month.